Welcome to Married by Design. Are you excited about the future? Do you believe that the best is yet to be? We're going to be looking at how to live a life full of hope on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome to our podcast and the series that we're in entitled The Best is Yet to Be. We are challenging you as a couple to begin to think on the second part of your life as a time of great opportunities and joy. Just like the poem by Robert Browning, we should think of the second part of our life as the best. The first half of your life is preparing you for the second half. And that's what we've been studying. We've looked at the examples from the Bible of people who finished well and people that didn't finish well. We discussed what it looks like to finish well, to be well advanced in years and still be functioning and effective and enjoying life, being engaged with others and engaged with God. We looked at the importance of faith. You should enter into the second part of your life with a great expectation and anticipation of the things that God will do to believe that God is still working and God still does miracles. To be able to wake up every morning looking around to seeing the things that God is doing. To understand that God is not dead. He's not even sick. To look at life through the biblical lens of God's purposes and His plans for your life. Last week we began to look at this idea of hope. Hope is something that carries us and lifts our spirits even when things are hard. Hope gives us a great excitement about the future in anticipation of the things that God will do. Hope is the life preserver that keeps our head up even when times are hard. Hope is anticipating a future that is better than the present. Having hope means that you can live a life of excitement and anticipation of the things that are in store in the future. Even if things are hard right now or you face hard things in the second part of your life, you can still flavor those challenges with a great hope because you have a great God. We groan in the present with the things that we face, just like Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8. But we balance that with an anticipation of great things ahead. We looked at the idea that hope is an anchor from Hebrews 6 verse 19. When we feel like we're getting tossed around and pulled out to sea, there's something that we can sink deep down that will keep us in place and prevent us from being dashed on the rocks. That's hope. The other picture is that hope is the helmet of our salvation. We can struggle a lot in our thinking with confusion, worry, and even despair. Hope protects our thinking as a helmet protects your brain. Our anticipation of our completed salvation when we see Jesus will help to keep our thinking clear and our focus right. The challenge is for us to be filled and overflowing with hope as Paul writes in Romans 15. In this week's episode, we're going to look at the reasons to have hope. What future events should fill us with a great hope and excitement? These events and experiences that will come should flavor the present. We should be like kids waiting for Christmas. Do you remember when you were a child and you looked forward with great anticipation for Christmas morning? You couldn't wait for the time to go by before you were able to open those presents. There are things that we are going to enjoy in the future if we are in Christ. Let me just point that out. These truths should fill our mind with hope 
and are based on a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you've not committed your life to Christ, believing that he died for your sins, we would encourage you to do that right now. If you see your sin and your brokenness, you can call to the Lord in prayer and ask him to save you. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins so that you can have eternal life and all that God has in store for those who trust him. So the question is, what do we wait for? We wait for God. In Psalm 130, verses 5 and 6, the psalmist writes, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than the watchmen wait for the morning, more than the watchmen wait for the morning. I love that. It's another picture of hope and anticipation. My whole being waits, waits for the Lord. That's an important concept as we think about hope. Our hope is bound up in the person of God. All the things that we can anticipate and look forward to relate to God and who he is and what he's done and what he will do. This is how biblical hope is much different than optimism. Optimism is expecting circumstances to get better without any plausible reason. It's just a blind hope. We can and should have solid biblical hope because it's grounded in the Lord. The Lord has promised that he's going to set the world right again. We live with expectation about future events because God is at work and he's the orchestrator of the events and our future. Peter wrote to the persecuted Christians in 1 Peter chapter 1, encouraging them to have a living hope, a vibrant, active anticipation of God's work that would help them through their trials. He writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. That's verses 3 and 4. Note the author of our hope. Peter praises God and his great mercy. Because God has done what he will do, we have hope. The fact that he's given us new birth through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that's again where faith in Christ is essential to have real biblical hope. Our faith in God and the resurrection is the basis of our hope. During the second part of your life, you can live with great excitement and hope. Today, many try to manifest a good life. They think of, by visualizing a good day that it will turn out that way. We're not just optimistic about things, thinking that just by your optimism that life will go well. Our life will go well, and we have so much to look forward to because the Father is at work, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ provides a sure hope. So let's look at some of the reasons we should have a living hope. These truths should be the focus of your day and rattling around in your brain as you go through life. As you look forward to or are walking through the second part of your life, these future realities should give you a great excitement in the present. Peter started off his letter by pointing those Christians that were going through difficulty to hope. Hope should be one of the first things that we think about in the morning and what we set our mind on during the day, the focus when it gets hard. Every hope that we have relates to God fixing what's broken. In Romans chapter 8, Paul talks about the hope that we should have along with creation being set right. We groan because of futility, bondage, and corruption. But then he points out the way that the Lord will set everything right. He uses words like being set free, 
obtaining the freedom of the glory of the children of God and the redemption of our body. Everything was beautiful and perfect and good as God created it in Genesis 1 and 2. With the fall in Genesis 3, everything became twisted, frustrated, and difficult. Our hope is in the Lord restoring things to the factory settings. That's right. When we're frustrated with life, take a moment to think about the factory set. That's right. When you're frustrated with life, take a moment to think about the factory settings and the way God intended it to be originally. Take a deep breath and look forward to the day God resets everything. The first source of hope is God's presence. Back in the Garden of Eden before the fall, it's written that Adam and Eve walked with God. That was the way it was originally designed. Because of sin, our fellowship is broken with God and there has been an estrangement. The hope is that one day we will see God face to face and walk with Him again. What a wonderful day that will be, to feel no distance in a relationship with God. He's not far from us, but because in our life we're distracted or tempted to a place where it seems that He is far away. Our eager expectation is that God would be with us. It's written in Revelation 21 verse 3, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they will be His people, and God Himself will be with them as their God. Oh, how we should hope to be in God's presence and look forward to it. There is a second hope that we should have in that chapter in Revelation 21. We need to hold on to the hope that all the brokenness in this life will be repaired. It says in verse 4, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. With all the brokenness and frustration and disappointment we see around us, What a glorious day that will be when we put those things aside. As you walk through the second part of life, you'll probably face mourning or pain or maybe disappointment. As you face life, you can have a great joy knowing that it's only temporary. Because you've set your eyes on the future and God's promises, you can live a life of excitement even through the difficulty. The third hope we have is our bodily resurrection. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we have hope of our own bodies being raised. With all the pain and difficulties that we experience physically, we should have a great joy and hope in knowing that someday God will restore our bodies to the original factory settings without sin or pain or disease or death. In 1 Corinthians 15.51, Paul writes there, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? What a wonderful day that will be when we no longer have to face all these physical difficulties. No more medicine, no more treatment, no more pain, no more doctors, no more facing death. There are a lot more sources of hope, but let me just put one more out there. We should live in hope that all the brokenness, violence, hatred, and strife will be no more. 
There will be a day when every Christian will be free from the presence of sin. Jesus' redemption does not free us from just the penalty of sin, but eventually also from the very presence of sin when we're in heaven. We will be in a place in heaven on earth where Jesus reigns and righteousness is done. Our ultimate destination in heaven is a place without sin and corruption. Therefore, all those things are taken away and we will not have to experience any of the heartache that we see around us. The New Jerusalem of Revelation 21 is described as a place where nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We look forward to the day when God will restore heaven on earth. It will be like the Garden of Eden before the fall, peace and rest and joy and worshiping our Lord forever, without any of the effects of sin that we see today, no broken relationships, murder or hatred, no corruption or abuse, no war, no, no strife. This is the ultimate rest God provides for his people. Right now, life is hard sometimes because we struggle with sin. Temptation always seems to produce compromise, guilt, and shame from the choices that we make. But that won't always be. One day, we will be free from sin and be able to live with God in righteousness. Focusing on that will give you an excitement and anticipation. That's what Peter wanted to give the Christians who were being persecuted. God didn't take away their difficulties, but Peter challenged them to live with a robust faith and a living hope in the midst of a broken world. Well, now for your homework. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to pick one of these sources of hope that we have suggested, discuss it further as a couple, and commit to memorize related verses. There are so many realities that we need to put our hope in. You may pick something that we have not covered. Well, let me pray. Father, I just pray that you'd help us to have a living hope, to understand all that we have in store. Father, if there's somebody who has not trusted Christ, this would be the day that they turn to you from their sin and they believe that Jesus Christ died for them. And Lord, that then you would fill them and us with that living hope, Father, and that you would allow that to flavor our lives today and our future. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with us this week, and thank you for sharing this podcast with somebody right now. We live in a world that is so broken and people are are hopeless. You can provide them a source of hope by sharing this podcast or sharing with them the truth that we've talked about. We'd also encourage you to rate the podcast and subscribe so that you can receive it every week. You can email us for questions or comments at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. Next week on our podcast, we're going to look at the heart and the key issue that relates to having a good second half of your life, even if things go wrong. That's what we'll be looking at next time on Married by Design. Mm -hmm.